Running Back Nation! What is good? What is good? Thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in after a Sixers loss on a Saturday night. The last game of the year. The final game of 2023. The Philadelphia 76ers take a L. They take a big fat L to the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I'm not. This one isn't going to be too long. It's pretty much going to be short and sweet uh, because I hated every second of that game. <laughs> and uh, you know we're getting towards New Year's Eve and it's Saturday night and uh, nobody should really care that much about what just happened. Uh, but I definitely have some things I want to say. There's definitely some things I want to say, and then I'm going to look at the chat, and I'm going to read the things that you want to say. Thanks for being here. If you're watching this live, please close out the chat one time and hit the like button. That's how you push these uh, streams through the algorithm. Uh, that would be greatly appreciated. Subscribe to the channel if you're brand new. Turn your notification bell on. If you're new here, we talk Sixers on this channel every single day. It is psychotic behavior, but we can't help it. We are Sixers sickos. Uh, and listen to us on podcast platforms. All of these post-game live shows are on podcast platforms after the fact. And that is on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Okay, let's get right down to business. The Sixers lose the final game of 2023 to the Chicago Bulls. 105-92. to And this one was atrocious from the start. And I don't like to say scheduled loss. I don't like to blame it on a traveling back-to-back. But it was pretty clear what was going on from the start of this game. Uh, if I didn't have this YouTube channel and five to 10,000 people <laughs> didn't wait to hear what I have to say after a Sixers game, I might have cut this one off halfway through the first quarter and went down to Permani Bros. That might have been what happened. But this is what I do, and I'm here. And I watched the game, and y'all watched it with me on Playback TV, and we're here to give our thoughts on post-game live. From the beginning of this game, it was clear they were tired. When you don't have your legs, you don't have your shot. And when you don't have your shot, you can't score in the NBA. The Sixers, uh, they win in Houston... They get on a plane, they fly to Chicago, they get to their hotel at 2 o'clock in the morning, and they play a game against the Chicago Bulls the same day. I mean, can the NBA figure something out with these traveling back-to-backs? Because it's ridiculous. It, it really is. Uh, and they didn't have it. They, they didn't have their legs from the start of the game. They started out this game, I feel like, 0 for 5? Was it just from the just from the start of the game? DeAnthony Melton chucked a couple threes and bricked them. Tyrese Maxey bricked one from the left wing. Uh, I think Tobias Harris missed one. And we, we sh- our first couple of shots were were quick trigger threes. They were way off, uh, and that theme basically continued for the rest of the game. We did make a couple runs, right? We cut it to five late, and it was another one of those situations. It was another one of those games where just. Every time you cut it to like five or three, you just felt like something bad was going to happen. And uh, the play that really summed it up was down there in the fourth quarter. 
Shot clock running down. The Bulls pick up a loose ball. And I don't even remember his name. Hold on. Let me let me say his name just so I'm uh, I'm correct here. Uh was it Dasunmu? Dis- Dis- <laughs> I know the well actually's in the chat are gonna be like, you don't even know who that is, bro. You don't even watch ball. Anyway, picked up a loose ball and threw the damn thing straight into the air into the rafters with the shot clock running down. And it went in. So that sums up just the way it was going. Uh, the Sixers couldn't make a shot. They looked absolutely gassed and tired the whole game. And that's that's it. Thanks for tuning in to Post Game Live. I'll see you later. No, I got some other things to say. Uh, but that's my overall take from it. Um, there's one particular player who I would like to reiterate how bad he is at basketball uh, but let me get let me get to the chat real quick a little bit here. John C, what's good, man? Thanks for being a member of the channel. Awful effort tonight. Uh, they just look tired, man. They just look tired. I mean, you know, it, it, I, I guess you could say awful effort. They just look tired. I don't. I don't really. You know, what else can you say? I mean, Kelly Oubre airballed two of them. Uh, you're you're playing without Joel Embiid on a traveling back to back. Are the Bulls good? No. But Andre Drummond did just have a 24-25 and 25 game a couple of nights ago. He's dominating the boards right now, as he does when he gets time on the court. And Andre Drummond just completely annihilated the Sixers in the rebound margin. I mean, we lost the rebound margin by a million, and Andre Drummond could not be stopped on the boards. Uh, but not just Andre Drummond. The Chicago Bulls in general couldn't be stopped on the boards. And that's probably a combination of the Sixers being tired and the Sixers not having Joel Embiid on the floor and relying on players to box out Tobias Harris and Mo Bamba. The, the, the anti-box out Tobias Harris and Mo Bamba. Uh, Peter, pa- Peter P. To me, they looked gassed. They definitely looked gassed. Uh, John says they look tired. Uh, Rob, baby. Mo Bamba and Paul Reed are terrible choices for centers. <laughs> uh... Again, I, I don't expect the Sixers to, to win anything without Joel Embiid. So, what, you know, they're backup centers. I, I can't – I say this a lot, but, like, name uh, a team with a good backup center. Who is it? Who's the team that has this incredible backup center that we're looking for? Chicago Bulls? Uh, I just – you know, it is what it is. You got guys that aren't supposed to be in the game for more than 10 minutes out there starting. And Paul Reed and Mo Bamba – Paul Reed, uh, it's you know he's nice in spurts. He's I think he's a solid backup center uh, when he's not fouling like crazy. Uh, but when you put him out there for a whole game, he's going to you know remind everybody that he's Paul Reed. He was atrocious in this game. Paul Reed was horrendous in this game. Missed so many layups. Um, airballed a couple of them. Missed another one in the fourth quarter. He was very bad. Uh, I guess I'll start with Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey coming off a 42-point game. Goes into Chicago. Uh, scored 20. And I, and I, and I want to shout out the fact that t- Tyrese Maxey, at this stage of his career, only 23 years old, a bad game for him, he gives you 20 points. A bad game for him, he gives you 20 points. Well, he had a bad game on Christmas Day where he gave you, what, 12? On, like, two for 100, but... You know, a bad game, he gave you 20 points. Just couldn't hit anything. 8 for 22, 2 for 8 from 3. Uh, had a couple of runs. 
Um, you know, but definitely started to shy away a little bit in the third and the fourth quarter when the shot wasn't falling and was trying to get other players involved. The Bulls had a strategy to stop him, just like teams have had a strategy to stop him uh, with Joel Embiid out. And uh, Alex Caruso is a very tough perimeter defender, and Maxi struggled with Caruso, and they're, and they're they're throwing doubles at him with with Drummond and Pat Williams, and you know, so all things considered, traveling back to back, no Joel Embiid, you're getting doubled with Alex Caruso and 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 other you know good perimeter defenders, and uh, Maxi just couldn't get it. To, he just couldn't get it to go. I did think the referees were horrendous most of the game. Uh, they started the game first quarter. The Sixers did not have a single free throw, and the Bulls had seven. Uh, that was just odd to me. Tyrese was driving in and creating a lot of contact and getting no calls. But I, I just I thought they could squeak it out. I was saying like if the Sixers squeak this one out, then we just get out of here. And but you know down the stretch you could see you could definitely see the way that it was going. Uh, but yeah, Tyrese just you know. Struggled to shoot, couldn't get a lot of them to fall, and it just wasn't going his way. Had a couple of runs, but it is what it is. Two for eight from three. I think the team as as a whole shot 20-some percent from three. Uh, what can you do? You know what I mean? Tobias Harris, good old 15-point Toby game. Uh, seven rebounds, four assists. Got uh, smoked one-on-one. By um, DeRozan, Pat Williams, uh, DeRozan a lot, DeRozan a lot. DeRozan took Tobias Harris one-on-one a lot of times, gets to his mid-range game like he does, 9 for 17, all mid-range shots, shot two threes, he was 0 for 2, but 9 for so 15. Uh, there was one late where DeRozan didn't even really... Didn't even really do anything fancy. He just took the ball on the left wing, took a couple of dribbles right at Tobias Harris, and literally looked him dead in the face and just laid it in right in front of him like he wasn't even there. Uh, you know, I, I, um, the Sixers have some issues with a combination of players defensively. It definitely gets magnified when you got to play a lot of Mo Bamba minutes. All right. That's where we're going next. Tobias Harris's just lack of uh, knack for boxing out and rotating defensively can be hidden in certain lineups. But when he has to be out there with Mo Bamba, it starts to get magnified. Uh, and at, at Mo Bamba is so incredibly worthless as an NBA player. The experiment is over. Uh, I don't care if some games he hits a couple of threes in crunch time. Okay? The Mo Bamba experiment is over. He is horrible at everything. Mo Bamba is horrible at everything. I will legitimately take any NBA center over Mo Bamba at this point. I put out the video when we first signed him, and I told everyone how bad he is. 
and I couldn't figure out why we signed him. And people were telling me Mo Bamba can play the four, and he's going to be a perfect fit next to Joel Embiid at the four, and I laughed for the rest of the summer. Mo Bamba has never been good. He's a draft bust. He was drafted top five because he's seven foot one and has a pretty jump shot. All right. And people saw him in a gym solo doing some dribble moves and shooting jumpers. And they were like, oh my God, it's Joel Embiid 2.0. Mo Bamba's the guy. They didn't realize Mo Bamba is insanely slow and he's very easy to move. I legitimately think I could move Mo Bamba off the block. It would be my shoulder to his hip because he's seven foot one, but he can't stand his ground. He absolutely cannot. And a lot of people tell me if Nick Nurse is such a good coach, why can't he teach Mo Bamba how to do this or how to do that? Bruh, you can't teach a slow dog how to win a race. He is what he is. People say Mo Bamba needs to hit the gym. Mo Bamba cannot. He There's no way he can. Look at his build, bro. There's no way he can gain a pound. Mo Bamba's not going to change. He's very bad. He is probably the worst rebounder I've ever seen in my entire life. The Chicago Bulls got so many offensive rebounds when Mo Bamba was on the floor. I wanted to headbutt my computer screen and cancel the playback stream and quit YouTube forever. If I have to continue to watch Mo Bamba, I'm going to go get a job somewhere else and stop doing this. <laughs> He's so bad. The Mo Bamba experiment is over. It's done enough. And actually in the fourth quarter, when, well, the, the end of the third quarter was horrible. Uh, with Mo Bamba on the floor, the the rebounding, the giving up wide open layups at the rim, and then we start the fourth. Mo Bamba's finally off the floor, and the and the Sixers have a little bit of a spark of energy. But Mo Bamba's horrible. I don't want to watch it anymore. I don't. You know, Paul Reed, <laughs> Paul Reed was terrible too. But what is what is Mo Bamba? What what is he? What is he going to give you? What what do you think? It's going to, you know, there's no upside at all is what I'm trying to say to Mo Bamba. It's over. It's done. He's seven foot one. He can't guard the rim. He can't get a rebound. He's very bad. Uh, Kelly Oubre airballed two three-pointers. Uh, <laughs> finished the game five for 13 and 0 for five from three for 11 points. Uh, DeAnthony Melton was three for nine. All of his shots were three-point attempts, which is... Very odd to me. Uh, the fact that DeAnthony Melton chucked nine three-pointers is funny. He's not a bad three-point shooter, but just like some of them are just like, bro, I don't know who you think you are sometimes. Uh, so D-Melt was three for nine. For nine points, um, Nicholas Batum was back. There's a positive. Hey, we found a positive for this game. Nicholas Batum returned. So we got Nicholas Batum back, uh, you know, and 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 Nicholas Batum's uh, biggest strength, really, as far as our st our team goes, is playing the two-man game with Joel Embiid and the high-low with Joel Embiid. So you get Batum back, but we're still without Joel. We'll see if he plays on Tuesday. Uh, but nice to see Batum out there. Gets 19 minutes off the bench. A very quick trigger three in the corner that I don't want to forget that was just 
absolutely crazy. He he catches and shoots like kind of like Clay Thompson, like doesn't bring the ball down. He just catches it and, and and he hit that one in the corner that was that was nuts the way that he caught it end of the shot clock. It was actually Tobias Harris that drove the lane and threw the ball to him with no time on the clock for no reason and Batum bailed him out by hitting a prayer. Uh yeah, you know, shout out to Nick Batum making a return. Marcus Morris Sr., Uncle Marcus. Uh, didn't do much in his game off the bench. He was two for five, four points, had a couple of buckets, but couldn't really get anything going. KJ Martin got time on the floor. Um, I, I, Robert Covington only played five minutes in the game. Uh, there's gotta be something that Robert Covington's doing that Nick Nurse doesn't like. The fact that KJ Martin had more minutes in his game than Robert Covington is, is, is pretty crazy to me. Uh, Patrick Beverly was on the floor for 24 minutes and was one for four, uh, for four points. Um, yeah, just toss this one in the trash, but games like this really magnify certain weaknesses that the Sixers have, uh, certain weaknesses that certain players have, um, Tobias Harris throwing the ball there in the corner with the shot clock running down makes me laugh. Tobias Harris trying to ISO players that are bigger and stronger than him makes me laugh. Uh, there was there was another play where the shot clock was running down and Tobias Harris didn't shoot the ball at all and just dribbled it out. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, man, when are you going to learn, man? When are you going to learn? Tobias will have a stretch of good games, three, four, five good games, and then he will turn back into Houdini Harris, man. Just wait for it. He already did it twice this year. He did it at the beginning of the season, a couple of good games, and then boom, just add, turns into the worst basketball player ever. Then he'll have a couple of good games and look confident and look, you know, like he's like he's playing strong, and uh, then he will turn back into Houdini Harris again. Uh, you should have traded him after the 33-point game a couple of games ago. You should have traded him immediately. Uh, and for those that, that disagree with my Tobias takes, because there's a lot of disagreement every single uh, post-game live, I want you to watch Sixers games and watch Tobias Harris on the defensive side of the floor. Please, please. RB just sent me a screenshot of a commenter who... Posted all of Tobias's stats and said that Tobias Harris is basically the same player as Laurie Markkinen uh, by using just straight up stats. This person came to this conclusion. That is insane to me. And that tells me that that person does not watch Sixers games. Please, next time you watch a Sixers game, just watch him defensively. Watch his inability to rotate on defense and watch his sheer refusal to box out. <laughs> it is what it is, man. People can get mad all they want. It's the little things that that frustrate me with with a player like that, man. And it's um <laughs> He doesn't box out, man. And him and Mobamo on the floor together not boxing out is just ridiculous. Uh who was the leading scorer for Chicago? Let's see. DeRozan had 24. Kobe White had 20. I think he had like 17 in the first half. 
Kobe White was cooking us. He's like the the Derek White of the Chicago Bulls for us or the Fred Van Vliet of the Chicago Bulls for us. He gives us straight buckets every time we play the Bulls. Uh, we contained him a little bit more in the second half. He finished with 20 points. Andre Drummond had 15 points and 23 rebounds. Andre Drummond had seven rebounds in the first six minutes of the game. He had 11 rebounds in the first quarter, and he finished the game with 23 rebounds, and I, the Sixers had 36. We got out-rebounded by 17. Um, Yeah, let's go look at the team stats, game cast. Let's look at the team stats, uh, and then we'll read the chat a little bit, and then we'll get up out of here. Thanks for hanging out with me after an absolutely pretty much meaningless pathetic game that nobody should really care that much about at all. Uh, traveling back-to-back -back Sixers look tired as hell, and that's my story of the game. Uh, here you go. The Sixers from three-point range in this game. Nine for 38. They were nine for 38 from three for 23.7%. They shot 39% from the field. And when you're on a traveling back-to-back -back and you, you look tired and you shoot 23% from three, yeah, it's tired legs, buddy. I don't know if they were drinking on the plane. I don't know what they were doing, uh, but they didn't go to sleep last night. I don't know if they were playing poker in the hotel. So I don't know what they were doing, but they looked like they didn't go to sleep last night and they shot 23% from three, 39% from the field. Uh, Out-rebounded by almost 20. The Bulls had 41 defensive rebounds. <laughs> uh, what else did we get killed in? We actually had a lot of steals. The Bulls had a ton of turnovers in the beginning of the game. That's the only real thing that was keeping us alive in the beginning of the game was the Bulls' insane number of turnovers. I think they had seven or eight in the first quarter, uh, but they got it together a little bit more throughout the game and finished the, the game with 17 turnovers. Uh, we had 13 points, 18 points off of turnovers. But, uh, you know, we have 15 fast break points. They beat us in points in the paint, 62 to 46. Uh, and their largest lead was 18 points. I have nothing else to say about this terrible, terrible game. Uh, traveling back-to-back, -back, Sixers looked like their legs were rubber. And they couldn't buy a bucket. That's my. That's how I feel about it. And there's no reason for anybody to overreact to this game at all. Crumble it up. Throw it in the trash. It doesn't matter. Not even 0.1%. This game does not matter. It's a game without Joel Embiid. And I already think that games without Joel Embiid don't even really matter. Because you're not winning without Joel Embiid anyway. So the constant narrative that I see all the time is... You know, oh, we need help. We need to make a trade. We can't win without Embiid. We can't win without Embiid. You're not winning without Embiid anyway. Why are we so focused on winning without Embiid? If Joel Embiid's out in the playoffs, you're losing. <laughs> I mean, the, it, were the Bulls in 96 freaking out when they couldn't win without Michael Jordan? Any game, if Michael was out with a sprained ankle for four games and they lost all four of them, did did the Bulls care in 96? Oh, we, we just, we're, we suck we're not going to win anything because we can't win without Michael Jordan. <laughs> of course you can't. 
They could. They had a pretty deep roster in 96. But my point stands. You need Joel Embiid if you're going to win anything. Uh, and he... Sometimes you could... You know, Maxi dropped 42 against the Rockets. And we won that game without Joel. So that was fun. To go 2-2 two and two on this road trip without Joel Embiid is actually a win for me, I think. You know? Four-game road trip without Joel Embiid. Two and two. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, you know what? I I, I, I wish Nick Nurse would have put Kenny Lofton on the floor. At, 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 why not? The game doesn't matter. You're, you're already, you know, you're down by, what, 15 or so when it got down towards the end of the fourth quarter. I don't know if, if Kenny Lofton was there or if he's with the G League team or whatever, but uh, let's see. But we need a backup center. He can't play the entire game. Of course not. But um, most playoff series that I've seen in the past couple of years, uh, Paul Reed played about 10 minutes a game at the backup center position with Joel getting about 37, 38, 39 minutes in those playoff games. Paul Reed, solid nine minutes. Uh, you know, it's all, all he's supposed to do in, in those nine minutes is not foul a ton, uh, fight for rebounds, and play some defense, you know? But when Paul Reed has to play 25 minutes, it's not going to look good. He's a backup center. I don't think there's this magic backup center that you're going to get that's going to fix that uh, issue. And I think backup centers in the NBA are not very good. Like, think of it that way. You know what I mean? Think of it that way. What team in the NBA has this backup center that everyone's talking about? What team in the NBA has this backup center? I keep seeing this, we need a backup center. Our backup centers are bad. Maybe backup centers are just bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe backup centers just aren't good. What? Who's this team that has this backup center who's who's so solid? You know, I don't, We had Drummond. That's a little bit of an outlier. Uh, Daryl insisted on trading him and Seth Curry for and two first-round picks, and Ben Simmons for James Harden. Uh, but what can you do? Uh, Sixers need to go all-in for Laurie. Since OG is off the board, they should package Paul Reed. The Jazz wanted him this offseason. That's a good point that the Jazz did want Paul Reed this offseason. They, 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 they offered Paul Reed a contract as a free agent, uh, and then the Sixers matched the offer because he was restricted free agent. Uh, I don't think that means Paul Reed has a bunch of trade value. I definitely don't think Paul Reed gets you Laurie Markin in some magical way. I Laurie Markin is going to go for a lot of first-round draft picks, and unfortunately, the Sixers don't have enough first-round draft picks. to. to I, they just don't. They, they have two tradable first-round draft picks. Two, 2026 and 2028 unprotected. And they're 2029, depending if a team wants to go that far out. 2029 is freaking five years from now. Uh, they don't have enough tradable draft picks to get Laurie Markkinen, you know? And I easily agree that Laurie Markkinen would be a perfect fit and would help the Sixers a lot. Uh, somebody in the playback chat said the Sixers need to trade for Laurie Markkinen and Alex Caruso. And I was like, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. You know? <laughs> it's just not that simple. Of course they need to trade for those guys. Of course they need to add Malcolm Brogdon and Laurie Markkinen and Alex Caruso and every other good free agent that's out there or every other good expiring player that's out there. Of course they need to add all the good players. That would be wonderful, wouldn't it? I I, I just don't... If if Daryl Morey would pull off a Laurie Markkinen trade, that would be that would be a fleece of the century. I just... I don't see it happening, unfortunately. Um... But when the Sixers are healthy, with Joel Embiid on the floor, they're a championship team right now. I know people see a loss to the Bulls on a traveling back-to-back without Joel Embiid, and suddenly things get negative on Twitter and in the chat and, and wherever else in the crazy Facebook groups. But it's just not realistic. The Sixers, when they're healthy with Joel Embiid, can compete with any team in the NBA right now. They have their flaws. We kind of analyze it a little too closely sometimes because every team has their flaws. Uh, you know, I don't care about this game at all. I'm shocked that I even talked about it for 32 minutes. <laughs> but I love you guys. Thanks for being here. 109 absolute psychos in here. Uh, please hit the like button for me. That would be greatly appreciated. Mo is trash. Did y'all not watch the game tonight? Um, I still think Mo could give you the same as B-Ball does if you have to trade him. Mm, well, B-Ball can rebound. Mo Bamba cannot rebound. Uh, B-Ball Paul can move a little bit on defense, and when he's not fouling, he can he can actually play some solid defense, solid rim protection sometimes, sometimes not. Uh, Mo Bamba can't rebound at all and can't guard the rim at all. Uh, he's very bad. Pretty much completely worthless on the defensive end and under, as far as protecting the rim. Kelly Olenek is great. I think the Sixers should try to acquire Olenek and Jordan Clarkson. Trade Paul Reed in some seconds and then try to move Melton and a first for Caruso. Okay. Uh, Paul Reed in some seconds for Olenek and Jordan Clarkson. The Utah Jazz are saying, ha ha, thanks for the offer. Click. Uh, DeAnthony Melton and a first for Alex Caruso. I don't think DeAnthony Melton really has much trade value. Uh, Alex Caruso, unfortunately, I think is going to go, is going to be overpriced also. There's rumors that the Bulls are asking for three firsts for him, or the Bulls are saying they're not trading him at all because he's some kind of he's some kind of uh, underdog story. They're trying to sell some bullshit to run the price up on Caruso. I would be shocked if Melton in a first would get you Alex Caruso also. Somebody's going to give up two first-round picks for him probably. Somebody's going to overpay. Uh, but Jordan Clarkson and Kelly Olenek are... I can pretty much guarantee you you're not getting those guys for Paul Reed and some second-rounders. Maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong before. But that just sounds like, you know. Secret Underdog, what's good, DJ and chat? What's going on, man? Uh, I did not care about the game either. It's a back-to-back. Exactly. Crumble it up. Throw it in the trash. 
It doesn't matter at all. It's almost New Year's Eve. It's Saturday night. Uh, I don't want to take any more of your guys' time. Thanks for hanging out with me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for giving your opinions. Uh, you guys are awesome. Thanks for supporting. And we will be right back on Tuesday. Guess who it is again? The pesky Chicago Bulls. But we might have Joel Embiid back. And uh, if Joel Embiid's back... We're smacking the bulls around, bro. Like, let's be serious. All right? Y'all have...